my name is Alana Shanahan, and I'm the Athletic Director at the University of Pennsylvania, and I'm proud to welcome you to Power the Next 100 podcast, where we're featuring four former women's rowers with us today. I'd like to introduce Jenna Hebert, Ann Stack, Jen Bouchard, and Brooke Rogers, all from the class of the College of 16. And just a few notes about each before we dive into our line of questioning. We'll start with Brooke. Uh, Brooke was a member of our team through college of, I'm sorry, through 2016. And, and Brooke helped me Ivy League championship in the varsity four. Does that sound about right? All right. And Anne, um, Anne grew up in Zimbabwe and was our team captain in 15, 16. And then uh, Jen, also a team captain and a CRCA national scholar athlete. And rounding it out was Jenna Hebert, who actually was an, an institutional Rhodes Scholar and an NCAA postgraduate scholar. She also won our Father's Trophy and Goldring and Fraser Awards and was also a CRCA National Scholar Athlete and a first team CRCA All-Region Athlete. So thrilled to have you all with me today. Thrilled that it's it's just so joyous to have a conversation with four former teammates um, and obviously four teammates that, that saw quite a bit of success during their undergraduate career. So we're going to jump right in and, you know, we're going to start with an easy one and maybe we'll start with Brooke. But Brooke, maybe you could tell us a little bit about, you know, what you've been doing since your time at Penn. Sure. After I graduated in 2016, I went straight to law school at Loyola in Chicago. I graduated and I worked at my first firm and then I just took another job at my current firm, which is Benish, Friedlander, Copeland and Arnoff where I mostly do commercial litigation, product liability litigation, and defamation litigation. So just went straight through to law school, put my head down, got it done, and now I'm a lawyer, which was weirdly always the plan. So it feels kind of weird to have that all done, as I'm sure Jenna can talk about since she was my college roommate, and I always would, would always talk about it. So it's nice to have that kind of ticked off my list. <laughs> Absolutely. And it sounds like you're, uh, you've enjoyed the fact that that has come to fruition. So, so all a plus. Yeah. Yeah. Really happy to be done with that law school part and bar <laughs> yeah, exam especially. Yeah, that formal education piece, I think many of us are excited to, to put behind us once we yeah. uh, move a bit further. Um, and how about you? Same, same question. Since graduating from Penn, tell, tell us a little bit about so you. So I went straight through to grad school as well. I went to Harvard for architecture. So I was there for another three and a half years. Yay, long programs. Um, then straight after that, I came down to Texas actually and found a really great firm down here called Oberlin Partners. They do very human-centered design. So I work in a range of projects, um, hospitality, education, uh, a little bit of high-end residential as well. Um, and yep, it's really human-centered design. And then I came licensed as an architect. That takes a while, but I was like, I need to get out of the way. So three months in, I'm like, let's get licensed. So now I'm an, an architect. Fabulous. It's interesting. I just came to know um, at my prior institution, I was working on the construction of a student center and very mm. focused on human centered design in the context of a student center that would serve undergraduate and graduate students across a population of over 10,000. So it's um, it's a very interesting uh, space and obviously industry, but learned a lot about human centered design. You that do. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> All right, Jenna, how about you? Since graduating from Penn, what's life look like? Yeah, well, I, I, decided I hadn't gotten enough of school and rowing. So then went to Oxford to do more school and rowing. Um, so I did my PhD um, in neuroscience there. And then also in my first year, um, rowed with 
the Oxford uh, Women's Boat Club um, and got the chance to do the boat race, uh, which for those who aren't familiar is this big, very hyped up race <laughs> between Cambridge and Oxford um, on the Thames. So that was cool. And um, so I really had no idea what I wanted to do after grad school and somehow through a very circuitous path, I ended up at my current job, which is um, at an investment fund that invests in uh, biotech companies. Okay. So I get to use, I, I spend a lot of time evaluating companies, especially in the neuroscience space. So I get to use my, my background in that field and um, just look at it from a very different, very interesting angle um, that feels a lot more real and applicable to real life than putting mice in boxes and watching them run around so it's been very I love exciting. it it sounds like a yeah a better fit for you and it also sounds yeah entertaining that you spent your career with Brooke who had a clear map for where she was headed and you were uh obviously spent a lot more time exploring it's nice that you've both wound up in places that uh clearly make you smile so kudos yeah. kudos to you um Jen how about you just to wrap us up yeah, so after graduating, I also moved to the UK um, and I was pursuing my master's in business management from Cambridge. So rival to Jenna's Oxford, thought about doing the boat race for a hot minute, got a concussion, plans got derailed, did not end up competing. Um, but so after I got my master's, I uh, moved back to my home state of California. So I'm in San Diego now. Uh, I work in digital marketing for a a medical device company. And while I have not kept up with rowing, because as I'm sure my teammates can attest to, you need a body of water, you need a lot of people, um, you need really expensive equipment. And I'm sure all of us have kind of reached our, we've maxed out our early morning wakeups, I think for this year or <laughs> lifetime even. Um, so I haven't kept up with the rowing, but we um, definitely kept up with like just hiking, doing a lot of like outdoorsy stuff. And I'm actually hiking the Grand Canyon uh, next, next spring. Oh, look at you. That's fabulous. Congratulations. Now, am I remembering this correctly? You did not have experience, extensive experience as a rower before coming to Penn? That's correct. Yeah, I rode for, I rode a novice year in Newport Beach, California, um, and then was recruited to Penn. And yeah. I, this made, <laughs> this made one of the coaches laugh when I refreshed their memory about this, but um, I was quote, recruited on potential. So I didn't have much to show for myself, um, but had the potential to maybe do something cool. So there you yeah. go. It all works out well in the end, right? Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> all right. So I will, I will open this up and if no one volunteers, I'll pick on you, but I need a favorite memory and it doesn't have to be a rowing memory, but a favorite pen memory. I can go first. So, and I think this will make my, my fellow teammates laugh. So do you all remember at the beginning of our sophomore year, I want to say it was um, our assistant coach. Uh, was like singing the praises of the incoming recruiting class. So not us, the class that would be starting that year, the new freshmen and talking about how great they were. They're going to give us a run for their, our money, all that. And then she decided she was going to um, give us a grade on how we did our freshman year. And she was like, mm, B, B minus. And for whatever reason, that really resonated and stuck with us. <laughs> we weren't thrilled about that, as you can imagine. And, but we all sort of rallied around it and it became a running joke. And anytime any of us did something, even if it was something super cool, be like, B minus. Oh, Jenna, you're a Rhodes Scholar? B minus. Like just anytime we could sneak you it in. You need t-shirts. You need t-shirts that said, eh, B minus. <laughs> exactly. We became class of B minus. I think our group chat is still called B minus or class of B minus. And it's just like, every time I think about it, it makes me smile. It makes me smile so much. Oh goodness. That's great. Not great, but great. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Anybody else? Good memory. Again, not doesn't have to be rowing, but would love to hear, obviously. 
I have a rowing one. Yeah. Um, I think the memory that really sticks out in my mind is um, the Ivy League championships our senior year. And um, I think that was that was the year when I, I really felt like we were starting to have momentum as a program. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think in the varsity eight, we came in in the heat second, I want to say. And this was like a huge deal because <laughs> this was way better than we had ever performed in yeah. the past. And we were all very excited about that. And I think that year, it's something about the weather, like the races were moved super early in the day. So we were able to make our graduation as well. So I remember oh. like oh, rushing dude. to graduation after that, probably still sweaty. Um, <laughs> but smiling, probably smiling. <laughs> smiling and like, yeah, hugging my professors on the stage. And I think. Donald Trump was there. And Joe Biden. So that was one that I'm glad we didn't miss. <laughs> That's, That's the fun fact I always use. I'm like, yeah, Donald Trump and Joe Biden were at my um, college graduation. And it was like TSA trying to get into the oh, graduation. Yeah. Was... So That's the challenge when you have any high ranking officials, the, uh, the security challenges. Um, all right, wonderful. How about... Um, and maybe Brooke, we can start with you. Just, you know, thinking about how Penn Athletics kind of impacted your life more broadly. You know, where you're, you're here for, for four years and we launch you into the world, but what do you feel like has kind of the most, what about your Penn experience has launched the most meaningful impact on your life? I honestly think that I would not be as good at my job as I am if I had not rode and gone to Penn. Um, I've had like literally peers and partners that I've worked with be like, you're very task oriented. You get up early, which we think is kind of weird, but you always finish your work. And like, you're just like really on it. And I, I always tell them it's because I wrote it's and it's because I wrote at Penn and just, it really taught me how to manage my time, get things done, even when it would seem impossible. Right. Even when I literally would have to take a Spanish class at 9am. So I would have to run from the bus to Spanish, dripping wet. And part of, part of the time, my Spanish professor would be like, do you just want to go home? And I'd be like, no, I have to be here and I'm going to be here. Sorry, didn't mean to come in a minute late, but I just really think that that's something that a lot of people who um, aren't athletes like don't understand sometimes. It's like, yes, it's very difficult to do all that. And yes, Sometimes it seems like it's impossible, but it really, really sets you up well for any future endeavor, because now I can take any project and just know, oh, I've, I can do this. Like I really, I, it just gave me so, so much confidence in my work when even as a really young attorney where I'm like, okay, I really don't know what I'm doing legally, but I know I can figure it out and I know I can tackle it. And I really don't think I could have learned that unless I wrote it pen. Yeah. That's fabulous. Jenna, how about same question to you? Yeah, I think I would definitely agree on the confidence building. Um, I would also add the importance of taking care of yourself and your body. I, I think being an athlete teaches you how important it is to get enough sleep. And like when you're injured, you don't just push through it. You take the time to rest. Yeah. I, I feel like our society doesn't always work in that way. Um, and I, I really appreciate being an athlete, um, how that is really prioritized. And I feel like I've, I've been at least trying to retain some of that. Yeah. 
No, I would agree. I do think being a college athlete, it does kind of, you know, some of those inherent sensitivity to your well-being skills. Mm-hmm. I think you're forced to try to, you know, to find kind of a management of that as an undergraduate and as an athlete, and in particular at a place like Penn. So I, I would agree the well-being pieces. I think you learn a lot without noticing it. I feel like I didn't notice it maybe until about 10 years out, but then I was kind of highly conscious of, wow, I, you know, I did, I did appreciate kind of learning the skill set. All right. So, Anne, let's, let's switch directions and let's, um, let's, let's talk about if you could be remembered for something, um, (laughs) what would that look like? That one was like a, oh my word, what kind of question do I answer to that kind of thing? But if, if I'm honest, like, I probably just want to know that I, the work that I'm doing is serving people and, and making their lives better. I mean, a lot of the, the architecture that I do is, you can really see the difference it makes in people's lives, which is really cool. Although the projects take a long time. Um, we're doing a binational park that's one of a kind that's going to be between Mexico and the US. And we're basically thickening the border where two countries can come in and join together without actually entering the countries, despite all the politics going around it. And you know that that's going to change people's lives. So I'm, that's the kind of things I want to be remembered for is like just having a positive impact on what they were doing with the work that I'm doing. So it's not wasted. Yeah, um, that's you know. fabulous. Talk about a tremendous mm-hmm. project. Good for you. Yeah, cool. it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jen, same thing to you. Let's go with that one. How you'd like to be remembered? Well, my, my answer is probably not going to be as profound as Anne's, but I <laughs> hopefully- Anne, would, Anne got a good one there. <laughs> would, yeah, I Sorry. agree. <laughs> that. Um, but hopefully I would be remembered just, you know, for, for making people smile, for making them feel happy, making people feel comfortable, feel at ease, you know, just good vibes. That's how I want to be remembered. Good. And do you feel like you brought a lot of that to the boathouse? Do you feel like- I sure hope so. I, yeah. I can't speak for my teammates, but I sure hope I did. Yeah. All right. And anybody can uh, jump in on this one, but the advice that you would give to your 18 year old self, you reflect, you've had a little distance. What would you tell yourself if you could do it all over again? Relax. Relax. All right. My, my little sister is finishing up her last year um, at Cornell. And sometimes she calls me and she's just like, just off the chains, stressed about, I don't even know what sometimes. And I just kind of laugh and I think back to how I was and I totally was the same. And so I would just say relax and like, it's really going to be okay. And like, enjoy being in school and just chill out a little bit. You're going to, you're going to be just fine. <laughs> um, Coach C used to say something like, it's just rowing or like, remember mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's just rowing. And I feel like that could be applied to anything. Fill in the blank. <laughs> yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe travel more, see more, do more, meet more people, get out there. Like just really being in college is such a specific time in your life that you won't necessarily get again. So to just really maximize that time. And then also probably an addendum, the long distance relationship will work out. You're going to marry this boy. (laughs) That's probably on my list as well. I love it. That's a good one. (laughs) Probably not one I will hear repeated, but that's a good one. No. Yeah. I wouldn't even give that advice to others. Just my 18 year old. (laughs) (laughs) All right. One more before we switch, uh, switch topics, but the last one and anybody that uh, feels passionately about this, you know, just influential people in your life, ideally, you know, and it doesn't have to be a pen person, but somebody who helped you either navigate this experience, helps you see the value in this experience, um, anything along that front that uh, you think our listeners would be interested in hearing? I don't think I, I could. Oh, go ahead. No, you go. 
you go, Anne. I was gonna say, I don't think I can pinpoint like, like it was just one person. It's almost like all these little people from Penn, like every single one of my teammates, it could have been like a small coffee chat they had or someone you sat on the bus next to or you walked to class for something. And they, I might not even remember exactly what they said, but there's all these little moments that kind of plugged into my life. So when I was like looking at that question, I was like, I can't really pinpoint an actual person, but there's all these tiny people that I wish I could list like a hundred of them that they've yeah. all done these tiny things. Um, so I don't know, I, I kind of keep that with me now because I'm like, oh, I could say something little that's totally going to impact someone's life with something tiny. So I'm kind of trying to remember that throughout the next sort of months and stuff of what I say to people. Yeah, fabulous. Anybody else want to take that one on? Okay. I mean, I, I, I was just going to jump in and say, and I, I wonder if my other teammates, if this resonated for them as well, but I, when I, I immediately thought of coach Cunningham, when I thought of this question that she was like, an ex, just, she's a force of force of nature. Um, and she helped me build like grit and resilience and confidence and self-esteem. And like Jenna said, it's just rowing. Like she really just, I found gave me a lot of perspective and, and self-confidence even outside of rowing. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think to both of your points, like I do find Penn has exceptional people who, why they may not be like, you know, the, the life-changing person in your life. It's these small intersections that help you sort of maximize your experience and, and take away those compelling learning opportunities. But I do think there's absolutely something about Penn that is special that pertains to the type of people that tend to come to this place. So, all right, so let's switch gears. We're gonna talk a little bit about uh, Title IX and 100 years of women's athletics at Penn. So um, we're obviously excited to just have celebrated 100 years and we're clearly excited for the next 100. So um, Title IX, anybody have strong thoughts on how Title IX impacted their life? If, if Whether they think about it or have internalized what that, what that really means within the context of your experience. Well, for me, I, and I've said this when I joined um, the rowing team too, like I would not have gone to Penn had it not been for Title IX. I was very smart, but I also went to a public high school that like did not have AP courses. Uh, like they tried to offer AP chemistry my senior year, but not enough people signed up. So they got canceled. So I'm just like, felt like I was coming from a very different um, background than a lot of people that um, go to Penn. And so really without it and without my high school coach one day sitting me down and saying, hey, this coach, Mike Lane, we're old buddies. He comes to Everett once, once a year, even though he's never been able to recruit someone from here. And I think, I think you could do it. I think if you really, really wanted it, you could do it. And I went for it and I got it, but like, truly, I, I have said this since day one, like I would not have gotten, um, to Penn and then even past that without rowing and title nine. So I'm, I'm absolutely grateful and indebted to that. Yeah. I had the exact same experience. Yeah. I, similarly from a public high school, um, had the grades and ec extracurriculars probably to get into Penn, but I was not exceptional. I didn't have that it factor, that standout thing that would have made me a candidate otherwise. And because of Title IX, because of the resources that are provided to women's programs as a result of Title IX, the fact that there's even a robust rowing program at Penn, yeah. like that, that that existed and was a, an avenue for me is all due to Title IX. And everything kind of started there, right? Yeah. Being able to go to Penn because of Title IX, it opened the door for me to do well at Penn to then get my master's, like it just it your really life. trickled yeah. down, exactly. So it's been a huge, just a huge part of my life. Yeah. 
Awesome. All right, so maybe Anne and Jenna, maybe, you know, we just celebrated 100 years. What are your aspirations for us for what the next 100 years look like? Uh, beyond just only allowing gray sweats. To <laughs> what, is, what is your hope for the next, uh, beyond general issue gray sweats, what is your hope for uh, the next 100 years of women's athletics? Well, I didn't actually get recruited, so I walked onto the team. Um, and that was a that was a huge a huge thing for me. And I keep telling people that who are like people I'm watching, you know, come into college now, and they ask for advice, and they're all talking about a well-rounded education. They're talking about they want to do sports. They've got gained so much like perseverance skills, friendships, and things like that from it. But they've all been taught that they're not allowed to do it, or there's kind of like this societal expectation that they can't do both. Um, so I'm like really looking forward to the next hundred years where all of these women coming through know they can do both. Like, yeah, it's going to be hard, but you can definitely do it. And just speaking through some of them that are applying now, I'm like, their eyes literally light up when you tell them that they can still do sports, like, mm -hmm. which is crazy. You don't really, really think of that being, being a thing, but they really do. And it matters a lot to them. So I'm really looking forward to the, the strong women coming through and that it's like Jen said, it's not going to just be their education. They're going to go into professions and be able to thrive. I mean, a Lot, my profession's highly male dominated. Um, I go to meetings, I'm probably the only woman in the room. Um, and I think sports allows you to break through that barrier a lot more easily than, than other things, just because of the confidence. Um, you get picked up, you know, quickly, like you fail, but you pick yourself up and keep going. Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's going to be a really great group of strong people. I, I literally have no doubt that that's going to happen in the next hundred. Awesome. Jenna? Yeah, thoughts? I think... Um... I think it would be great to see, continue to see women's sports supporting other women's sports. Like I, I was thinking it would be great if like the women's softball team came to a rowing race or if the, the women's rowers went to a women's basketball team and just seeing women supporting other women. Uh, I think that would be great. And I mean, continuing to see that. Um, and then also seeing equality between men's and women's sports continuing to build. I actually think at Penn this this was pretty good on the rowing side, especially over time. And especially now seeing that the, like we were talking about the swag and the resources and the attention that the women's team is getting currently. Um, I don't know about Jen, what your experience was at Cambridge, but I, I felt like there was a, a big discrepancy between men and women's rowing at Oxford and Cambridge. Enormous, totally in agree. Of, yeah, in terms of the attention that they get and just how they're viewed, uh, the resources, so. Um, yeah, just continuing to see that equality yeah, improve no, over I time. Hopefully we all share that hope. I think we have come uh, phenomenally far. And I think if you were asked, were to ask our female athletes today, they would feel their, their experience is absolutely comparable and ideally first class. That's what we work on a consistent basis, but it's been fun to experience being a student athlete in the nineties and then see what we're in a position to provide today. And obviously you guys are, you know, in between that, but I think we were well on our way by the time, hopefully you got to us, but I think we're in an even better position now. All right, so a couple of fun questions as, uh, as we wind down. So anybody offer a favorite professor or favorite class? I took a really fun law class, of course, I'm obsessed. Um, but it was taught by, um, the professor was a, a woman who actually co-wrote the Women Against Violence Act with Joe Biden. Oh and it was just very interesting to hear her perspective because she had also gone um, through law school at Penn, but she had to go at night and it took her like 
five or six years and she was the only woman. And it was, you know, during just, you want to talk about like the change over a hundred years. Like that's another great example, like the access um, that she had versus me then sitting in a class, listening to her talk about with the whole plan to already go to law school and knowing like, well, I can do that. Um, It was just a really great experience to learn more from someone who was really on the front lines of that. And um, just her knowledge that's something that I really tell people about when I went, when I talk about going to Penn is like the professors and the access that you have are just unmatched. I, I, it's, um, it honestly makes me speechless that I even got to take some of the classes that I did. And I'm just, I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. Resonates with me a lot. Yeah. Uh, And that was something that I thought about too, is that it's so hard to pick just one because every class you're in, it seems like the foremost expert on that subject is the person teaching the class. So every time you know you're getting the best information from the best possible source of that information. So it's just, it just every single class, you're kind of astonished. If you Google your professor beforehand, you're like, are you kidding me? This is the person that's teaching the class? How did Penn get them to teach? Like, it's just, it's just always incredible. But yeah, I, a lot of the gender studies classes I took, I found to be really formative and interesting. Um, things like law and social policy on sexuality, sexuality and reproduction, um, victim, I think it was called victimology, victimology. Bro, we took that class yeah. together, that, that was, was super interesting, yeah. yeah, exactly, sociology of the family, I took some really interesting gender studies related classes, and I still reference things from those classes in just in my life today, I know, so, it's amazing what sticks, right, <laughs> absolutely, yeah, yeah, right, um, favorite study location, favorite library on campus where you guys like study in your dorm room or did you get out a little bit? There was this place, I think it was called Joe's Cafe. Is that right? It was like this fishbowl yeah, style that was cool. um, and you could go after hours and no one would be there. And um, yeah, I think that was my favorite spot. That was your go-to. I feel like everybody had a go-to. Yeah. I snuck into the lower the lower library a lot, <laughs> like because like and they had a really great courtyard that was pretty cool. I liked the one close to Hutch because if I needed to go take a nap or something, I could go uh, lay down on the couches oh, after yeah. we got our new yes. facility. I would always get there kind of early and take a little snooze sometimes. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny how the libraries with soft furniture sometimes became mm-hmm. compelling for that very reason. <laughs> All right, any uh, favorite road trip, any uh, training trip opportunity that was particularly memorable? The training trips, I feel like, were memorable. All <laughs> <laughs> reasons you can share on a podcast, or <laughs> yes, yes, oh, certainly, yeah. No, they were just. It was very like, um, like bonding through suffering type of yeah. type of deal of like, um. It's going to be two, three practices a day. It's going to be just warm enough to get out on the water. Your hands are going to bleed. You're it, it, like, it's just, and we all kind of got through it together. And there were just little funny things that would happen along the way. Little, like, I don't know, just, just all kinds of fun little memories. Like um, one that comes to mind is um, one year we were just, there were rice cakes. Like we were being fed a lot of rice cakes and peanut butter. And we all started joking with each other. Like, is this fat camp? which obviously it wasn't like it just happened to be that way but it it just cracked us up b minus rice cakes b minus only you only get a rice cake sorry on the same vein remember when coach lane accidentally bought like non-milk chocolate milk it was like oh yeah milk (laughs) 
And we were all sitting there like, this tastes like water chocolate. This is, and he's like, oh, I just, I read the, I must have read the package wrong. And I was like, okay, well, I'm drinking this. This tastes so bad. My non-dairy milk. Yeah, yeah, I think anytime in Hollywood, Florida, man, I running to the boathouse or wherever we launch from and there's all those like lizards and stuff and yes there might be alligators so just right in the water except people fell in the water sometimes so yeah 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 I went back to Hollywood Florida recently and it was surreal to be (laughs) (laughs) mentally you were like oh what did I do there again (laughs) yeah I also liked the trip where we stayed in those little cabins oh we cooked for when we cooked for ourselves and yeah. we like we're in the little groups that was a lot of fun actually it was crazy to see who could cook and who couldn't cook they, they <laughs> created little recipes for us and gave us exactly what we needed to do stuff right. that was pretty cool yeah I I really I loved that um and it, I feel like those were really comfortable too mm. they were surprisingly yeah, were really yeah, nice. not all training trips you get comfortable um amenities you just sort of <laughs> get what you get sometimes it's a pull-out couch sometimes it's a you're in a double bed with someone you barely know. And so it, you just never know really. No. Um, so Thankfully, a lot of that has changed. <laughs> well, I will say my, my father, very practical military man. He absolutely loved those spring break training trips because he was like, I know exactly where you're going to be. You're going to be rowing three times a day. I got to pay what? However much money I do it. I don't care. I'll pay even more. I know exactly where you're going to be. You're going to be working hard. You're not going to be staying out of trouble. Right. Right? So he loved those. And I always laughed because I was like, yeah, I'm also going to be like working incredibly hard. Thank you. Yeah. Not exactly like having a margarita in Cabo. No, No. slightly different feel. Yes. All right, ladies. Well, I want to wrap up with a with hopefully what's a fun question, but uh, would just you know love to understand, you know, what question do you wish I had asked, and maybe share a little bit about um, what that would look like and what you'd like our our listeners to know. And maybe we'll start with Brooke. I guess. Um, <laughs> or we could transition to Anne. <laughs> It's like less of a question and more of a statement. So in my head, I'm like, how do I flip this into a question? Yeah, like, no, just, just, how, yeah. I guess the question would be like, have you been able to carry rowing the sport with you into life, no matter where you are? And for me, the answer is yes. Even though I live in Chicago, which is like, no one rose here. It's way too cold. I was able to find a group of women um, who row for this nonprofit called Recovery on Water, which is all for women who um, have a breast cancer diagnosis. And so I get to volunteer. And I got to be honest with you, sometimes they make me feel so good about myself. I'm like, am I volunteering? Or are you helping me? I don't know. But because I have all this knowledge about rowing and not a lot of people in this area do, like they really appreciate that I volunteer my time. And I'm just like, I'm just happy to be on the water again in a really fun and like supportive atmosphere. And um, it's like, it is a lifelong sport. And I know absolutely, I totally agree with Jen when I say when I graduated, I was ready to be like, let's take a little break. Um, but it really is a lifelong sport. And I've really enjoyed being able to do that for them, but also continue 
to cheer on Penn. Um, I did go to the race, um, the, the last Ivies and saw them qualify that for the NCAAs. And I was just so proud of not only the people who were rowing, but like all of the alumni that showed up and it was just, it was such a fun weekend. And I, I just, I'm really happy that, um, the, you know, current team has just continued to grow and that I can still be a part of that. Like that is rowing is such a lifelong sport and I'm just, I'm thankful for that too. Yeah. That's awesome. Jen, how about you? Yeah. I, I really just want to echo what Brooke says uh, about how, even if you don't end up in boats on the water, something about rowing sticks with you, whether it's the, like the discipline that it teaches you or the, the camaraderie it teaches you because it is such a team sport. There are team sports and then there are team sports. And in this one, you have eight people doing the exact same thing in unison, keeping perfect balance on this very rickety boat on a water, on a body of water that has to be perfectly flat. There are so many things that have to go right for rowing to with others to be a pleasant experience, right? To, for the boat to feel good and to achieve that level of unity with a group. I feel like that just, that, that there's some magic in there. And I don't think that ever leaves you. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I, again, as a lacrosse player, I, I still can't wrap my head around it. I look at those things and I'm like, they're so tiny and so many people fit in them and they have to be perfectly, perfectly orchestrated. And I'm like, I'll keep the lacrosse stick. Perfectly. That's why we practice so much. Oh my goodness. And especially almost yeah, impossible for the, the level of exertion. Thing. Right. Exactly. For how hard you're trying and how perfectly in sync you have to be, keep your hands just level. No, it's just, no. there's so many things. A lot, lot of respect out. coming, uh, coming rowers ways. Trust me. All right. And how about you? What would you have wished I'd had asked. I think it's more like a, I was hoping you'd ask us what advice we'd give to younger rowers or younger athletes in general. And I almost feel like the whole podcast is kind of an advice. After we've done this, I realized that kind of all of the things we're saying is go for it basically. And like, you know, you're going to learn so much that's going to be in all of your professions. I think back to the races we have where you've been rowing for the 2K, you kind of sprint the first 500 meters a little bit. Then you, you know, settle into a pace and then you sprint again at the end, which is kind of counterintuitive. You like you exert a vast amount of energy at the beginning. And I've realized that's kind of how I need to work. Like you need to put this massive amount of energy in the, in the beginning, and then you need to settle in and get everybody on board. And then you get the final like sprint at the end. And it wasn't until we were asking these questions and like, I was looking through them. I was like, oh, that, that still matters in my job. So I think it's kind of advice to young women who want to row, young women who want to do any sport. Like it really is extremely hard work, not going to lie, but totally worth it. Totally worth it. it 100%. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Thank you. All right, Jenna, bring us home. What do you wish I had asked? What would you yeah, like to Yeah, I, I think in that vein, like what what we miss the most about being a student. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is just very consistent with what we've been saying about encouraging people to appreciate the time while they have it because it's such a special, unique time. And I think it's, it's a lot of things. Um, like, having the chance to go from class to class and just like be a sponge and like absorb all of this information from experts in their field. And then also being outside because I was outside a lot more as a student than I am now sitting in front of my computer for many hours a day. So I would, I definitely miss that and would encourage people to appreciate that as well while they have it. Awesome. 
Well, ladies, thank you so much, uh, Brooke and Jen, Jenna. This has been a joy. It's been wonderful to sort of live through your experiences, even as a lacrosse player. Um, it's it's you know wonderful to hear about just the fun that you had, the challenges you faced, everything that you learned. So I uh, just want to wrap up by thanking you for, for making the time to be with me. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much thank for you. having us. This has been a really wonderful trip down memory lane as well. Yeah, reliving everything is great. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. Thanks again.